Croisio, and welcome to the Cardiff Referee Society's webinar with London FA's Jamal Hall. With the return to football in Wales after the lockdown, today's meeting is a discussion on London FA's referee recruitment, retention and support system. All day I've been looking forward to this mostly because it's so good to share the information. Then two, is I can't wait to find out where things are the same and then where things are different because there's so many things refereeing-wise that I've had a lot of contact with other countries, Colombia, Latvia, Australia, and so many things are exactly the same. But then for each region, obviously, there's, there's, there's slight differences. So um, I'll share my screen. I'll see how this works on. See how that works. Okay. So so everyone can see the screen just fine, yeah? Yeah, we got you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, thank you, everyone. My name is Jamal Horn. I'm a level three referee, and uh, I I deliver all of the referee courses in London. Uh, the uh, only few referee courses a season that uh, I'm not involved in is when there's when we run more than one uh, referee course on the same day, which usually happens during the half term. So uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but I'll, I'll go straight. Enough about me. I'll go straight into the referee recruitment, support, retention, etc. Uh, referee recruitment. This is kind of how things are set up in London. Uh, on, we run between 20 and 25 courses uh, per calendar year. We usually have an average of around sort of 18 candidates per course. Of course, we'll have some, some courses with 12 or 14. Of course, we'll have some courses with 23, 24. But we average around uh, 18, which then allows us anywhere between three, I should have put three, but anywhere between three and 500 referees per year. Uh, uh, and the key part is, I suppose, Kind of look at it more like a customer service angle in regards to the referee course. So doing the referee course, myself and all the other tutors, our number one aim is engagement, making sure that the course is interactive, make sure there's a good amount of opportunity to play football because that's what a lot of them love. And we have to ensure that, that the course is uh, enjoyable. That's one of the main things that we look at. That's one of our, one of our main ethos. So referee recruitment for us, Challenge. We don't have to do much. We want a course. The, the, the spaces fill up very quickly. We actually don't really have to go a lot out of our way to recruit people to take the free course. But we do have problems. Okay. So, what are the problems? Well, I'm just going to throw some numbers at you because sometimes numbers is a great way to engage the audience and to make things eye catching. 200 to 300. That is the amount of matches per weekend that go without a referee in London. So this isn't really so much a referee problem. It's more of a problem. We actually just have so many games, so many leagues, so many competitions. And some leagues and competitions are still growing. And uh, disappointingly, we haven't been able to facilitate that demand. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I qualified as a referee in 2009. There wasn't a shortage of referees then. So you have to consider, well, what's changed? Well, one, the economy was in a recovery status back then as a result of the financial crisis. A lot of people were out of work. A lot of people's incomes were reduced. So more people were looking for alternate sources of income. And I think that's part of the reasons why a lot of people were taking the referee course. That's my personal opinion. You know, there aren't any actual statistics to support that. That's, that's what I believe. Uh, then a few years after that, the extra safeguarding qualifications came in. 
back then it, it was CRB or Criminal Records Bureau, then a CRC, then now a DBS. When that came in, it seemed to significantly reduce the numbers of referees. And ever since that's come in, in my opinion, we've been recovering ever since. We've never really got to the number to where we can actually, I remember just qualifying as a referee, I had to fight for games. I had to go from league to league. Do you have any games available? Oh, I'm available next month. Can you give me games from now? You know, now, and back then as well, what's so interesting before I move on, back then, if you did more than one match a day, if you referee more than one match a day, it was seen as unprofessional. Oh, you can't physically give your best in both matches. How do you do such a thing? Now, if you only do one match a day, it seems, oh, you don't care about grassroots football. You can be bothered to earn extra money. How dare you? It's just so interesting how that's completely changed in such a in the space of four or five seasons, you know? So anyway, so two, three hundred matches any given day, uh, any given uh, Sunday without a referee in London. 500,000 500, is, I've calculated that. That's roughly the amount of money that we're losing in earnings from yellow and red cards. So even if each referee had about one yellow in every single match, and we covered, we actually covered every single match played in London, the excess income that we would earn is 500000 Now, you can say, oh, but what's money have to do with it? You know, referees shouldn't be thinking about money. Referees shouldn't be giving other cards, un un unless it's justified, of course. But if we were earning that extra amount of money, think about the what we could do towards referee development and training, what we could do to referee recruitment, so on and so forth. So 21. 21 is the amount of days. So what we realize, if a, ref if a, if a basic course candidate not referee a match within the first 21 days of passing the course, we realize that the chances of them refereeing or re-registering for the next season as a referee is very unlikely. And importantly, for those who referee within those first 21 days, I think it's almost 80 to 90% they're likely to referee several matches this season and then re-register for the following season as a referee. So those are some of the figures that uh, I, I've put together that we kind of work towards, okay? So a key part of that is referee kit. I make sure that there are a referee kit, uh, either London FA or myself will purchase referee kit and resell them so the referees can try them on before because right now there isn't a referee shop where you can go in and try on the referee kit. So I make sure there's referee kit so they can try on, they can try before they buy and also cash if they wish. That's been key. Uh, the under nine, under, uh, under nine, 10, 11, and under 12 Premier League tournaments, uh, those have been put on hold because of COVID, but in the past, we've used those. What happens is they usually ask for, the Premier League will contact us, they ask for anywhere between 10 and 12 referees. We actually put brand new referees on those courses. They're usually small-sided fixtures, five-a-side, seven-a-side. And we realized after we had about seven, eight of those tournaments, some of our best referees in the following seasons on the promotion scheme actually took part in one of these tournaments. And London Cup Finals as well, we often put the brand new referees on London Cup matches. We select some of the better ones, the higher performing ones, and appoint them to London Cup Finals. So even last season, there were a group of really good referee candidates. They passed their course in November. They did so many games, they did so well that come February, March, they were actually given on the cup finals. And then we realized that once they get given the cup final, they understand what it's like to referee or officiate on a, on a big match, that uh, they are motivated to continue refereeing and to take refereeing seriously. And that also feeds into the promotion scheme 
for those who are competent, we try to get them onto the promotion scheme. We realize that the promotion scheme is actually a very good retention tool because it's a great way for them to get watched and then they have something to look forward to. So support for referees, uh, I doubt it'll be anything too much different, but it's good to go through anyway. We have our R2R scheme, which is called ref to ref scheme. Uh, our promotion referees are in a development group and they get allocated a, a couple or a few new referees who just passed their course and give them, it's kind of like the mentoring scheme. You must have something similar uh, in Wales. Uh, but anyway, that's what we do here. We have the ref to ref scheme. Our basic course camps, this is when I actually organize small-sided youth tournaments at the referee course. So instead of having a practical evaluation, I invite anywhere between four and eight under 12 teams. We have a five-a-side tournament. And the basic course candidates actually referee those matches as part of their practical evaluation. The method behind that madness is, the bottom line is a lot of people take the referee course and they're terrified. They're terrified of abuse, they're terrified of dissent, and they're terrified of things even worse. So one of the keys is to get them in to understand a lot of the a lot of the matches that you will referee are so easy to manage. So I bring in under 12s, under 11s, under 13 teams, teams that are known for very good discipline. And when the referee candidates referee that and realize how simple it can be, it's very motivating for them to continue on uh, the referee. Uh, I have a massive, I have several WhatsApp groups. Uh, each referee course gets put into their own WhatsApp group and then uh, we create a massive referee uh, WhatsApp group for London with over 250 referees. That's to give those new referees 24-7 support. And I think it's excellent for them to have that because I didn't have that and it could be very motivating. Uh, referee Academy, so we have several professional referee academies from Arsenal, AFC Wilmington, Crystal Palace. Uh, we get as many of the referee candidates down there, ASAP, to get them game. Once again, in a very protected environment, well, there is no abuse, there's little to no dissent. So the referees can understand that it isn't as bad as, the abuse isn't as bad as it is marketed. Uh, and the promotion scheme, which I mentioned in the previous slide. Okay. That's pretty much it for me. So unless you have um, any questions in regards to anything on the slides, uh, that is how, uh, that's the current climate of refereeing in London. Uh, this is just some of the uh, techniques that we use for referee retention. Well, thank you. All right. Uh, hi, Jamal. Hi, good to meet you. Right. A um, couple of good points in there, in there that obviously we are doing as well in in Wales, and um, quite a few uh, as well that probably needs to be promoted more in Wales, in my personal opinion. And um, obviously, I'll, I'll touch on this. Is actually three of them. So the first one is the referees course. You say that obviously you want to give that, uh, you know, like a, uh, what did you say? It was the, like a personal touch on it, you know, it's like a customer service. That's what yeah. you said. Yeah. So at the moment, the ref courses in, uh, in London, they're still face to face. Correct. Yeah. So we've, we've only had two referee courses post lockdown uh, because they fall under uh, education. Uh, so post the first lockdown, uh, so because they're considered as education, we were permitted to uh, carry those out. Obviously, in completely different circumstances as per usual, uh, everyone had their mask on. Um, when I was 
sort of handing out the referee resources and referee kit I had on gloves, so on and so forth, and, and ball sanitation, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, the, the plan is they, they will change slightly for 2021, but the, a portion of the referee pools will still be face-to-face. Okay, I see. Um, what Wales have chose is to go via the uh, online route. So technically, you're buying the course, you're doing the course at your own pace at home. There's obviously a lot of things. Uh, and I think, personally, I, I was part of a face-to-face uh, course. I mean, it's been pretty much the same. We've been, we've been together when uh, we started our career. Sean, definitely in your age, at your time, it was uh, face-to-face. There was nothing like, uh, like online. But I, I think the online side of it, it, it's losing a little bit of the, you know, the the actual, you know. Yeah, just I should share the screen at the moment with the online course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you and it includes a referee kit as well. Mm. Yeah, so that's obviously okay, but you know what I want to highlight is the fact that we lost a little bit that that interaction that we had. Literally. It's, we all know what it is these days, especially with the lockdown. The online is being massive now, and it, it is a good tool to, to have because everyone can do it at their own time. But if you don't have that interaction, that you know, literally just bouncing off each other and asking the silly questions, that could be literally broaden your knowledge. You're literally you're just learning things like a robot. And yeah, after that, it will be a little bit harder when you go out on your own. Trying yeah, to apply that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, because no matter how good the online training would be, it will almost be like you're learning the laws of the game, but you're not learning how to referee. Now, I, I respect uh, any, any country that has felt that they, the best way to move forward is to move online only. It can work if, for instance, they had people like the, the the candidates who passed the referee course, if they had people like yourself to interact with in their first few matches, then it could work. So if you selected matches for them, let's just say you have a league where it's a really good community youth league, uh, the parents were well-behaved, the, the kids are well-behaved, and uh, you could referee alongside them, they could watch you referee, then you could coach them while they referee. That would be the sort of that would be the sort of plan that would make me feel comfortable that we don't really like the online situation, but the best way to make it work would be that's that sort of thing. Is there anything like that in place? Well, th- there is, but as you mentioned, the longer it takes from the point that you passed your exam yeah. to the point that you're actually doing your first game, the longer it takes, the harder it is for that person literally to, to stick with uh, with it. Well, yeah. I, so I believe that when you when you do it online, mm-hmm. obviously by the time you you're starting to register with the leagues to get your first game and all that, we're not talking the current situation. Obviously, we moved to the online thing about four years ago. I mean, yeah. Wales have moved to, to the online version of the oh, course. Been that way for four years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Probably a little bit longer than that because it was a bit of uh, you know uh, overlap face to face and and online. Uh, but definitely online, fully online. It's about four years now. And um, Tony, that is here with us, is part of, um, of a league as well. So he can obviously 
tell that um, it, it takes so long from the point of the passing the course, getting in touch with the, the leagues, register with the, with the FA and everything else. I said, you're losing, you're losing the touch with the people. When on a face-to-face -face environment, during the course, people are already gathering this information. Where do I need to go? Where do I need to contact? You know, do you have any other friends that have been refing already? You know, do, yeah, because yeah. why did you take the course? Oh yeah, one of my friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think that 21 days, it's more achievable. I don't have a definite, you know, time scale on my hand. I'm in my know a little bit more. From the point that you pass your course, it yeah. could take a very long time because they have uh, what is called a face-to-face -face meeting to get you the kit and everything else. And that could take what? It's certain days, certain dates that you need to go and select. And you can technically pass a course, let's say now, middle of November, and the next uh, you know, face-to-face -face meeting might be in January next year. I mean, I would love to hear from all of you, Sean, Tony, I mean, as well, how do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about the, the current format of the course? And importantly, what were the reasons behind the, the, the switch from practical face-to-face -to, -face to online learning? Yeah, I, 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 okay, Sean, go on in. Yeah, well, I think the switch was to make it easier to people who, who couldn't commit to 12 weeks of a couple of hours on, on a, a Monday evening, I think mine was. Yeah. But I think... Yeah, really, Monday was for us as well. Yeah, I think really commitment is part of the deal, isn't it? Because you, you commit to your fixtures, you go there and, and it, it's that kind of commitment. So it, if, if you think refereeing isn't about that, then of course they commit you to 12 weeks on a Monday night for a couple of hours and then you, you do an exam. There's that kind of commitment instilled in that, isn't there, you know? Well, I did, I did realize a bit more the, um, disciplined. So the format of your, so the, the natural format of your referee course before the online only was 12 two-hour sessions. That's right, yeah. Now yeah. that worked? Okay, right, right. So yeah, we, we used to do something similar. I think we used to have eight three-hour sessions but then we changed, and we used to have an intensive course where it would be either Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, or three Sundays or three Saturdays of nine to five. And then we, we, we then made the choice to make all of them intensive. So uh, we currently do three sessions of nine to five. Uh, that has a separate set of challenges, but uh, we get through those okay. Obviously we're more densely populated, uh, we have a bigger population, so it make more make more sense that uh, the, the demand is filled. However, yet yeah, we we did feel if we changed that about four or five years ago, the asking people to come for eight times for three hours was difficult because what happens if you missed one or two? Mm -hmm. uh, then would you have to then reset a different one with a different course, and it got very technical. So they decided to go nine to five, and that seems to be working pretty well. But so has the nine to five structure never? been done before that ever been considered is that not realistic in terms of yeah not 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 realistic with uh, the, with the commitments expected i think that we're on a bit of a loser losing streak to start off with as in we don't have the numbers of referees okay so uh you know we're just like desperate to get people through the front door and and and, and mm. join the courses and so on 
So, you know, anything which, which is like a blip as in that, that level of commitment is too much on the, on the, um, uh, for, for, for like three Saturdays or three Sundays. So like the eight weeks or 12 weeks, whichever it was, you know, that, that was a, a struggle, but we, you know, you, you tend to get a good number of 20 or, you know, 20 or 30 on a course oh. at a time. But, um, you know, I like it did tail off, but then I think what tends to happen then is like, even the ones who did qualify out of say 20 in, in, in one particular course, then uh, you get about say five or six who actually become a referee. The rest just put on their CV or they were coaches. Yeah, qualified ref. Yeah, the, yeah students. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did have a question about um, how close you are to the actual leagues. So, uh, like for myself, that um, being a society, like we're, we're the middle, middle men. So, um, the, the, the FA, the local FA, would pass on the list or send my details to the referees' candidates um, saying, oh, join a society. Here's a list of leagues. And then we're, we're doing all the chasing up, saying, oh, you know, trying to join in, trying, trying, to, trying to get those people to become members of society. And also passing details onto the leagues as well, and then you know it's trying to you know, like we're not really integrated in in the whole system. Whereas, how integrated are you with with the the referees coming through and the, and the leagues? Oh yeah, we're, we're we're very integrated. So I would have in in the main uh, what a group for London referees. I'll have three or four leagues secretaries in there. So the second I add the new refs to that league, the the league secretaries can put basically like a mini advert out. If anyone's interested, here's my number, here's my email, get in touch. And then that seems to work pretty well. And then we have for the professional academies, you know, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, they have their own WhatsApp group. So the, the new reps get put straight in there and there's just clear and easy lines of communication. Then on top of that, uh, our referee development officer will then send uh, a list of league contacts to eat everyone who passes the course so they have basically multiple ways of getting connected to league. So that isn't an issue. I know it's a bit, I mean, you have, a, you have a referee shortage, but do you have loads of games every match day without a ref? Yes, yeah. At, at, at the youth level, we're talking about maybe, uh, Tony could correct me, 80, 90%, no referees. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And in, in, in the afternoon, so like a lot of referees here are doing two matches, three matches on a Saturday, yeah. Sunday. We, we, we can manage it, manage it here uh, because there's a lack of, lack of referees. Yeah, you have, you have no choice. I mean, people always say, oh, you know, what's a referee's number one role or is player safety? Well, well no, the referee's number one role is to cover matches because yeah. how can you keep players safe if you're not refereeing the match? So the, the number one role is, is, is definitely to cover matches, you know, that, that's your responsibility. Or as Sean said, that's the commitment. Uh, but yeah, that's, 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 I mean, that is, a very high percentage. I, I think a, a change of the of the referee of the referee course format would definitely be looked at because if people are looking at a twelve week course, I mean that is very off putting. Yeah, that is very off putting. If if you were able to offer an intensive course, even as a child, just see how it works and say, hey, listen, you could, you become a, a a referee after a two day course or something like that. Uh, you know, or a day and a half even, and then just see how that works. So you, you need more people in. Mm. There must be a lot of people who must be interested in taking the course then, but kind of get put off because of the current format. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, now, now you've got, it's the kind of thing as in now you've got the, um, 
the online courses, like they can sit down. At, it's like the, I think the FA have gone on that route. And I, I don't think they'll, they will come back and change to have the attentive because it, you know, yeah. from their point of view is people can spend 10 hours on their computer uh, at some point, you know, they can do it. And then w- once they finish it, then they've got their, their, their follow up meeting where a face to face presentation and that's it. They qualify then. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I see, I see both sides. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, with, with regard to like, you know, we, we, we have, um, um, with regard to referees and giving advice to joining leagues, um, do you like say, for instance, if you've got a young referee, do you point him in a certain direction? Like say, you're going to just going to do academy football, or do you say, oh no, go straight into the deep end and cover those kind of games? Or well, that's that's a massive luxury. Uh, after you've all made it so clear now, that's a massive luxury that we have because we still interact with the candidates face to face. Well, you know, we're able to, based on their personality, based on how they've actually refereed throughout the course, would determine which level of football you want to get them involved in. Uh, you know, and uh, most of you will know, we have some candidates who <laughs> you, you find out why they've taken the course. Some want to give back to the game. Uh, great mentality. You know, they have a football background. So those you can say, hey, go to you football. You can probably do some of the higher age groups. You have an ex-footballer who's in his you know, 30s, 40s and in great physical condition. You say, listen, you don't need to do youth football. You don't need to do academies. You can go straight into the deep end Saturday, Sunday league. Uh, and then you have some of the younger ones who need to develop some life skills, need to develop uh, a, a bit of a, a sort of transferable skills. So you can put them straight into the academies, into the younger age groups to where they can sort of take, uh, take baby steps and, and going from there. That would be a bit uh, tricky if you, if you ran online-only courses. You would have to... I suppose you say you have a meeting. So after you complete the online course, the candidates come into a meeting. So I guess that's where you'd have to make the sort yeah. of events after the interactions, maybe do some interactive exercises and see how people sort of uh, carry those out and make a judgment based on them. But yeah, I definitely try to uh, advise the candidates and, and tailor which league I suggest for them based on how they perform throughout the course. And then uh, are there societies which... In, in the London area, which people can join, or is it part of the London FA with the referee-to-referee uh, scheme that you're running? I mean, societies haven't really uh, come to an end. They've kind of just changed a bit. Mm. I think, I, I don't really know why societies have been sort of on the down. I don't, I, I, I can't really see a clear factor, uh, you know, when I started, got plenty of offers from different societies. Uh, I, I, I felt it was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool. To be honest with you. I thought, okay, well, you know, I have a, a bunch of experienced um, older referees who uh, want to give back and want to support you. Uh, but it changed very quickly. I think uh, a lot of us in London anyway kind of created our own little group. And we felt that some of the advice that we were getting from the societies uh, from some of the members of the societies was uh, wasn't too so helpful to what we were being told by assessors as they were back then on the promotion scheme. So that's kind of where uh, the issues started to come. I think we felt we didn't need societies to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what. It but yeah, there are a lot of societies. I, I would say in the London area, there's probably only one that's really thriving or still doing uh, pretty well. Uh, all the rest. Are, are 
sort of dying a slow death. Yeah. And I had the question about the um, uh, the candidates that you go on, you put on the um, I forgot the I forgot the name of it, the uh, the promotion scheme or the um, uh, with, with, with core. Oh, so with core. Okay, so yeah, yeah core uh, the the center of refereeing excellence. Uh, so. Core got regionalized into seven, eight different groups across England. And uh, so I, I, I'm a performance coach for uh, the capital in the Southeast. Uh, so uh, within that, um, we have about uh, four or five counties. So each county, each season nominate between two and three referees uh, per level. And then they get put into core. So they get extra specialized uh, training. All those referees have to be part of the promotion scheme. They have to uh, pass uh, an assessment day as well. Then they have four uh, quarterly training sessions, which is face-to-face, -face, well, was face-to-face, -face, probably will continue to be in the longer term, but will be part uh, theoretical face-to-face, -face, laws of the game, video analysis, and then they go through a, a set of practical training sessions. The biggest issue that I had, which was so good that core started was referees primarily don't train. Yeah. And people say, no, referees train, referees are fit. Uh, one second. I said, referees don't train. They do fitness training. That's not training. Think about this. What is, what is synonymous to a footballer? A football. Well, what's equivalent to that for a referee? It'd be a whistle and or a flag. Can you believe the only time we blow the whistle is during a match? Imagine if a footballer only kicked the ball during a match. What would happen? <laughs> would the Premier League be as exciting as it is? Maybe it would be because no one would know what to do with the ball. Yeah. So yeah. the bottom line is uh, when I was a social media manager of a International, which is one of the referee companies, uh, yeah, I would connect with a lot of uh, different referee accounts from you know Romania, Latvia, Colombia. And they would be doing, even in Italy, they would have the referees would be training twice a day. So on the track, they'll be doing some runnings and then they'll be doing referee-specific exercises, you know? And then I realized we're behind. So I had to start creating referee drills and then testing them at the referee courses. And then when core got started, I then started using them at core. So even a simple drill like a referee, I would create four boxes. So one box would be four yellow cones, four red cones, four green cones, four white cones. I would make the referee have to sprint 20, 30 yards I would throw the ball in the air and the referee would have to tell me which box the ball has landed in and blow the whistle. So they have to run sprint and you time it, the ball would bounce. Sometimes the referee wouldn't know, they have to blow the whistle signal and say red box, because that's what we do during refereeing. We're running, we're positioning ourselves and we're making a decision and communicating that decision. And when you think about that, yes, we do a lot of fitness training, we're on the treadmill, we're on the bike, we're doing road running, we're doing all kinds of excellent fitness drills, we aren't signaling, we aren't practicing communication, we aren't practicing decision-making, we aren't practicing blowing the whistle. It's ridiculous. Mm. CORE has added that in and it's really, really good. It's only four times a year and we should be doing it uh, at least twice a week, but training wouldn't work in London. The referee shortage is, is, is too big. Whilst we're having those training, that means even more games will go uncovered. Okay, thank you. Uh, anyone else for questions? Yes, Ralph. Um, you said you've got basic course camps, um, which obviously you need to put a little bit of money into it. Do you get anything subsidized by the by the FA? 
Uh, well, no, there, there wouldn't be a need for that. So with the basic course itself, obviously we charge a, a, a basic course fee for each candidate, which is currently 165 pounds. So each course is actually uh, profitable in itself. So there's no need for uh, subsidi subsidizing. And with the referee course in particular, because the demand is, uh, uh, is pretty healthy, then there is no real need to uh, adjust the course fee, if that makes sense. So, but in those basic course camps, it's basically you're having a standard face-to-face -face practical referee course. All you add into that is a number of youth teams to play actual matches and those referee course candidates referee those matches. So that's the, uh, that's the only sort of addition to that. That's what a basic course camp is. That's right. And you also mentioned the promotion for the new referees. You know, if you discover a good referee, mm -hmm. just literally just fast track them. Um, there is a, you know, literally, I don't know how it works in England and that's why I'm just trying to gauge that. Is anything specific like when you start, you have to spend your first year on the lower grade, then you need to work your way through the ladder, or if you're good enough, you'll just skip and just go, or you know. Yeah, so overall, you'll be looking at at least 20 matches because I think one thing that's great that uh, some changes that have been made and that we've made is people. When I started refereeing, it was always about the length of time. Oh, well, how long have you been refereeing? Hold on a second. Why is, why is the length of time important? It should be down to the amount of matches. So if you want to look at someone like Wayne Rooney, for instance, Theo Walcott, for instance, these people who broke into the first team so quickly, by the time they were 21, 22, they had already had two, 300 appearances. So they're actually more experienced than people who are 26, 27. My point is, we look at, we don't look at the length of time, we look at the amount of matches actually refereed. So we look at uh, 20 matches. Once they've completed 20 matches, depending on when that is completed, they have then, we are then willing to consider them to add them to the promotion scheme. And, and that's worked very well. So back when the promotion scheme used to start and sort of uh, used to run from March to March, if we ran courses in September, if we did have a really keen candidate who was committed, and was able to do 20 matches before the, the end of February or by January, by when the registration process starts, we would add them into the promotion scheme. Now, what usually happened was, oh, but they need time to develop, they need more time, they need time to get used to the referee. And, but we were like, wait a second, but the promotion scheme can be used as a retention tool. Think about it. What is retention? Well, retention is when someone passes their course and then re-registers for the next season, because that's them saying, we intend to referee for the new season. If someone joins the promotion scheme, they have to re-register, otherwise they'll get removed from the promotion scheme. So it, it is an excellent uh, retention tool. And on top of that, a key part of the promotion scheme is that you get observed. And when uh, a new referee is getting feedback, constructive feedback, they're giving them the opportunity to develop, that is definitely a, a, a haven for them to keep them into refereeing. Um, I had a question, you know, um, like if I, if I look at the societies, uh, like the benefits of, of societies, whether it's um, presentations on game management or psychology of refereeing or positioning and awareness, tactical awareness and so on. Um, that's the benefits of going to those society meetings on a monthly basis and so on. Do your referees, the new referees, 
do they get access to that opportunity or is it because like they they go into matches they may have like is anything structured in place as in you know you need to cover these areas to improve yourself as an individual yeah i mean for the newer referees let's say from 2016 to 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 till now i think the societies have been placed mostly by whatsapp groups and social media Mm. I think what they do now is the some of the, the biggest issue with societies, I think, when when I started was I personally didn't have a problem with it, but clearly other referees did. I think it was a lack of diversity, not so much with race, probably more with age. Because mm. looking at people who have qualified could be primarily between the ages of 14 and maybe 30. And the average age of some of the society that I had access to was 55, 60 plus. So it was kind of like, well, what's the benefit? The referees who just wanted to referee for a hobby or just to earn extra money, well, they they felt like they didn't need to go on society. They're just there to earn some money. They don't really care. Why do I want feedback? I just want a referee. I just want my money, you know? And then the promotion, the progressive referees who really want to improve, referee at non-league and start a path towards the football league and the Premier League, it felt as if like there was a bit of a tug of war because a lot of the societies were people who were refereeing for a while but didn't necessarily referee at a high level. And it felt as if they, they couldn't add a lot of value to uh, um, an up-and-coming referee who wanted to go for promotion. So in regards to, to answer your question specifically, societies still exist, they just, they just change. It's, it's, uh, my WhatsApp group is definitely a society so much of it is so similar to how a normal society would be run. However, there aren't monthly meetings, there isn't a charge, and there's wide diversity uh, between um, age in particular. Yeah, I, I find that quite interesting because um, mm. uh, I've I become secretary of the society about two years ago, mm. and um, it was going to meetings, you know, you'll have your, um, you know, God bless them, the older referees who've been back in the 60s and so on, like <laughs> in, the, in their 60s plus, 70s plus and so on. And like, you know, they, they were they were like the back at, on the back benches. And then, but like they wanted to contribute, but like they knew they really couldn't. But it was nice to have that conversation about talking about, you know, back in the day and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, when it comes to the younger referees that, uh, you know, like I've uh, contacted you through Instagram. Uh, we've got, we've exactly. got, We've got, exactly. a Twitter, we've got a Twitter handle as well, okay. like a, a YouTube channel. Oh, so yeah. it's like, um, I'm doing these meetings over uh, Zoom. So it's like giving, giving the, um, the technology to the youngsters and say, come on, you know, you know like, may, may, maybe I might be, they might see me and say, well, you're, you're over the hill you are, you know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, still, still getting that technology to, to, to engage with them. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. I mean... Several times a year, I, 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 someone gets in contact with me. Hey, how's it going? So what's happened to societies? And I, I don't know what the best way, I guess the best way is, you know, nothing lasts forever, I guess. Mm. You know, all good things come to an end. Uh, I don't like the fact that societies are coming to an end because there's just a lot of referees, um, older referees, senior referees, who who helped me out a lot here and there. And every time they, they talk about societies, you can just see in their eyes how much it means to them. And if you like anyone, if you care about anyone, you, you, you're going to respect anything that they take seriously. Mm. Uh, the, the reality is, uh, even going to new referee, and it's not even age-specific, even if I went to a new referee who passed the scores last year, but he's 45, 
you know, a good age to connect with the youth and connect with older people. And they would just be like, oh, well, what's the point, mate? Like, I have everything I need. I've got a WhatsApp group, I've got Instagram, I've got my academy group down at Crystal Palace or Charlton Athletic. I've got my leagues. You know, what do you need a society for? And it's hard to really justify that because what was the whole point of the society? Support. Mm. You know, society was the, 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 the mainstream way of support. And uh, it just isn't anymore. And, uh, and uh, I've tried to rekindle it. Uh, uh, a society asked me about four or five years ago to become their sort of um, a recruitment officer. And uh, it was a really great offer. But I was like, I, I just know it's not going to work because I, I just don't think it's, time has just moved on. And, and um, talking about um, like the issues of um, referee abuse and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, it's a problem here. I, I, I can remember years ago, I, I was playing, I was working down in Kent, um, in, in, in Ramsgate, of all places. Oh, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> and um, so I was, I, was, I was playing for like a local works team and um, I'm there as, as a Cardiff boy and so on, screaming at the referee, referee, offside, you know, and then I, I, everyone looked at me. As if I say, you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't be talking to the referee like that. You know, so I thought, wow, it was like a total uh, perception as in, you know, in this part of England, you know, people didn't scream and shout at the referee. Whereas I'm thinking in London, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where to put my money on. You know, is it, <laughs> are, are, they, are they far more polite in London when it comes to referee uh, behavior or behavior towards referees and so on? I mean, overall, it's very difficult to say... Uh, anyone is comfortable with the treatment of referees on a whole. I think the minority does get majority of the hype, majority of the attention, and in a way it should, you know. But overall, I think there is uh, a pretty pretty small minority of poor discipline, poor behavior, lack of respect towards referees and match officials. Uh, And let's just say that's 20% 20% of footballers and clubs, but they'll get 80% of the attention. Um, I've seen so many signs of improving discipline, improving behavior, uh, understanding of the pressure that a referee's under, even at an under 12s game. You know, you, know, you think, oh, it's grassroots. Uh, it's not on Sky Sports. There's no money involved. I mean, when money gets involved in football, it's easy. When personal pride and street cred and bragging rights, there's no price on that. No price on that, and that, that's why it means so much. Uh, and and yeah, and you see some bad discipline, you hear of abandoned matches, you hear of parents, especially when parents are fighting. Uh, I had to, you know, it, had to deal with a similar case where the, the kids were okay, but the parents were fighting. Excuse me, mm-hmm. you know, the kids were fighting, fair enough. Maybe someone's tackled someone, you know, it's still a, a contact sport, things will happen, but the parents fighting, you know. But I mean, overall, I don't have statistics. But I definitely see a lot of signs that, uh, you know, discipline and behavior and treatment towards refs are improving. Uh, but is there uh, verbal abuse out there? Is there emotional abuse still out there? Is there a lack of respect still out there? Of course, uh, referee assaults do happen. They are quite rare. I don't, I don't like anyone who tries to overhype or try to make it seem as if referee assaults are common. They're not common at all. Uh, but if it happens once a season, that's one time too much. You know, so, so yeah. And then, and then, um, 
like the effect on retention of referees. So like, you know, is like you, you talked about, is, is it like an upward trend as in you're keeping hold of your, your referees? Uh, well, what I'm about to say, I hope you're all sitting down. Uh, in my opinion, I honestly don't feel that referee abuse and how referees are treated are is no longer the number one deterrent from mm. taking the referee course. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That doesn't mean it's not high on the list. I still think things like, well, COVID-19 might be number one now. Yeah. Hopefully that will be temporary, especially in the super long term, 10, 15 years. Mm. But I still think travel, uh, cost in a way, uh, I think uh, the weather, just comfort refereeing isn't really comfortable. You know? And this is before, even before COVID, you know, it, some of the youth leagues where you start out at, there weren't a lot of changing rooms. If they were, they weren't, they weren't in the greatest condition. So if it's a good day like today in London, the weather was pretty good. It was 16, 17 degrees, sunny, beautiful day, really. Refereeing in those conditions is fantastic. But when it is nine degrees and, run, and raining, 11 degrees in hailstorm, when it's three degrees and icy, you're out there, you're on your own, it's cold. You have to really love the game. Either really want to get promoted in refereeing or just really love those two and really want to earn money and you can overcome that. I still think there's so many leagues where the discipline is so good. Mm. The discipline, the kids are disciplined, the league cracked down on any sort of nonsense or poor behavior and retention numbers are still quite low. So I just don't think abuse is number one. Abuse is still up there, but things like, you know, cost, travel, you know, facilities, comfort, I still think those things are up there as well. Well, I'll say like uh, in in Wales, like all, all the rain comes passes through Wales before it gets to in, you know gets to London in the southeast. In fact, you don't you don't even get any rain there. You know? oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was it was it was one one season. I think we had like say twelve weeks was called off constantly. Yeah. You know, you know, because uh, because because of the rain. So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> we're even harder than you guys there when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to weather. Um, with, with regard to academies, like, you know, I, 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 um, I sometimes go to Cardiff City Academy and, and we do get, you know, a lot of the younger referees who are a bit nervous or, uh, you know, trying to look after them, you know, as a, as a way as, of a progression route, we're yeah. try, trying to get them. Um, but, uh, yeah, academies are, are, are a great place, great environment, great learning environment. But I, I know you said you, that you set up like a mini tournament with the league covered all the referees and so on, put referees on there. Is, is that like a, a separate tournament or is it part of the league? Well, separate tournament. So what, what that was usually for is doing half-term. Mm. The leagues would either uh, pull their fixtures. So we would have half-term courses, referee courses from 9 to 5, let's say on a Monday, Wednesday or to a Wednesday, Friday. So uh, on one course, I had uh, one tournament for each day. I had an under-15, seven-a-side tournament day one, under-13s, five-a-side tournament day two, and then a bit of a mix for day three. So the, the kids aren't going to have a match at the end of the week as they usually do, and they're just gagging for that extra bit of football. And it was just a match made in heaven. Those teams were more than happy to come down, and those referees got to see that refereeing isn't all bad. It isn't all abuse. It isn't all being sworn at. It will happen, but I, I pick down I, – I select teams with really good discipline. Just to motivate the refs, not really to give them a full sense of security, 
But if the abuse, because we know referees are going to get abused at some stage. doesn't make it right, but we understand that because of the passion in football. But you don't have to get abuse on day one of your job. You know, can we at least delay it till day 96, you know? And that's the key, you know, let these referees know. But by the time they start getting abuse, they have the referee skills, the referee experience. Some of them will develop the life skills and the concentration, the belief that they're a good match official before they start saying, Rah! you know, before they have to deal with that level of abuse. Build the, resi the resilience up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, well, well, we're almost up with the hour. Uh, I just wanted to go around and see if Sean or Tony wanted to add anything. Yeah, just got another quick point, actually. You're talking about the older guys and, and kind of where they were fitting in or drifting away. They're actually the ones with the time for assessment and feedback, aren't they? Yeah, so the issue with now... So, you know... Yeah, our assessor, our observer uh, panel is really young. It's too young. So I think almost 70, 80% of our observers are still active referees like myself. Yeah. We, we have a while to go because for some reason, and this isn't a dig at anyone, but you know, for some reason, a lot of these successful referees based in London um, have just left. They haven't given back. They haven't, mm. someone like me, I, I shouldn't be, I, I delivered a, a referee observer course yesterday. You know, I've delivered, two referee courses in October. I'm still an active ref myself, you know? It should be someone who's retired after refereeing for 25 seasons, 35 seasons, uh, but that just hasn't happened in London. And in a way, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kids raising kids in a way, because, you know, that, that's kind of how it's been. The, <laughs> I don't wanna sound like a, you know, a kid now, but they abandoned us. But no, I just think uh, a lot, I don't know why, but a lot of the refs have chosen not to give back. I don't know what the reasons are. I don't know if they moved out of London because it got expensive or they wanted to, you know, you know, spend their savings and pension somewhere else. But a lot of the the, the, the forefathers, as I call them, they've, they've left us. They left us a long time ago. Mm. Two, two years after passing my course, I had to become an observer. Five years after passing my course, I became a referee tutor. Six years after, after passing my course, I became a core coach. That's because there was just literally no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely uh, a quite unique challenge that we're dealing with. But yeah, you're right. Yes, of course. You're right. But they haven't given back. Brilliant. Um, any more for any more? No? Uh, Jamal, we, you know what? We, we can talk all night. <laughs> it's brilliant, brilliant to, uh, you know, to meet you in person. Wow. On, on, on the yeah, web. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I tell you what, I really, uh, you know, because I got... For us now, the game to start this weekend, and I and I'm, you know, for me, like you know, um, this, being involved with society, saying, well, you know, making it relevant to the to, to the youngsters coming up. Um, but I think that we're a bit, you know, even though we've got the, our digital footprint, where there's still uh, haven't got that quite that link with the the local FA, South Wales mm -hmm. FA. So you know, like I remember years ago, I I was asked to uh, become an assessor, and uh, I was I was active as my as yourself, you know, back then, and I didn't really have the time to give give up my Saturday because I wanted a referee myself. Mm. But is 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 a kind of thing as in you know maybe if we had more assessors in our ranks in society, then a lot of the youngsters who were refereeing they saying, oh no, we need to be in society. 
because there's so and so sort of uh, the assessor, and he'll give us a good yeah. You know, or give us good advice and so on. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I think that, you know, you know, we'll go back as a society and say, well, what can we do different? I love the idea of, um, you know, have those little mini tournaments where yeah. we can invite all the, all the candidates who have passed their courses, get them in one location, get in contact with it, you know, getting closer with the leagues as well. And then try and be part of the solution, you know, to, to, uh, to improve the relationships that people have because uh, at the moment when a referee walks out is like um, it's almost like Darth Vader coming in you know he's like <laughs> back. whereas we want to you know improve our relationship and say you know come on coaches we're not that bad and so on and there's not many of us around so you need to look after us that kind of thing so uh, no so yeah really 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 um, uh, glad that we get this, got this opportunity and uh, and um, certainly uh, the society and um, and those present tonight will We'll wish you all the best, and uh, and may you be uh, successful. You might even get the uh, I, I I heard the chief ex executive job at the FA's uh, vacant. <laughs> oh. That won't be me. I can, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, it's an, an interesting point about the the half term tournaments, Mike. We just yeah. need to find a referee who's a teacher can maybe and is offered half term that could get yeah. into that. That would be me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, Sean. I, 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 I'm, on, I'm on that case. <laughs> where, where can I get a free uh, a, a free school to work at the base at? There we are. Well, well, all of them, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so um, thank you again, Jamal. No problem. Thank you, everyone. Have a good yeah, thanks, thanks, Jamal. I'll, Interesting. I'll, I'll be following you on, online as well. Okay. All right, thanks, Sorry. Brilliant. Okay, bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Sorry.